0: Hey guys, Ryan Dement from Chasing Happiness Podcast. I hope you guys are having a great day. On the show this week, we have Josh Zeppus, and I mispronounced it, but I'm getting better at last names. But I like his tagline where we met online, the identity archaeologist. And we got to dig into that. Josh, welcome into the show. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. And just so everyone
1: knows, he didn't share how he mispronounced my last name. He wouldn't tell me, so.
0: simple <laughs> <laughs> well, thank but you. I, I think that. that's
1: funny. That's fine.
0: Well, <laughs> oh, I, I hate butchering last names. It's just one of those things. So tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into your journey.
1: Yeah. So identity archaeologist, you, you mentioned it there. Um, people always ask me, like, Josh, what is that? What does that mean? Well, at the core, it really means I have no competition. So imagine being in business and having no competition because you've got such a unique identity. Uh, But really, honestly, it's more about my process on how I help people, which is I get to dig deep into a person, right? We, We get to dig deep through all that crap conditioning and BS you're told growing up, all those layers of crud and grime, we go right to your treasure, right? Your uniqueness, that mission, that purpose, the value, the stand, the things that make you, you, and we bring that to the surface right and then when we bring it to the surface we polish it and refine it until it shines so bright that people come from thousands of miles to come see you right so basically it's the end of selling it's no more chasing begging convincing people to do business with you it's now people are attracted to you naturally because you're finally telling the truth love it
0: that that's very powerful that's we're we're going to have a great conversation so this is <laughs> this is this is going to be fun right. So let's let's dig into that a little bit the end piece that you said is you're now finally telling the truth and I know this yes. can be translated to business and to to personal life. Yes. How, how do we start telling the truth for I mean if you're going to be in business you got to be able to start telling the truth for yourself personally so you can show that in business. So how do we start that process for ourselves?
1: Yeah, great question. Uh so let's let's talk about why we don't tell the truth real quick because Love what to. I find is we're so afraid to. Uh, we're afraid to take a stand, right? We're so afraid to take a stand. Here's what I hear: like Josh, if you know, I was when I was growing up, I, w- I lived a shy. Like I was told, keep your head down because if you stick your head up too high, it might get chopped off. So I lived wow. that kind of shy, right. and and so because of stuff like that, we're afraid to stand up and tell our truth, say what we really stand for, because are like Josh. What are people going to think about me? <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> Wait a minute. If you're in business, you should only you should hope people ever think about you again, because the number one reason for going out of business is obscurity. Yes. The number two reason is being forgotten. Uh, so yeah, you want to be remembered, but you want to be remembered for your truth, for what you truly believe. So I'll give you just a very high level, like how do we start doing that? How do we start finally telling the truth? First step is clarity. We've got to get clear on why we exist. And I know everyone's heard this, right? Purpose, right? You got to find your purpose. And I just hate it become so cliche. But at some point, you got to figure out why you put two feet on the ground every single morning. And it's got to be something other than just making money to pay the bills, to go home, to eat dinner, to take a poop, and to go to bed, <laughs> and then to start all over again, right? Please tell me there's something bigger than just survival. Because most people tiptoe through life, hoping to make it safely to death. And you know yeah, what that's what, a shame.
0: what you're talking about, I, I can relate to 100%. Uh, I've had two failed businesses prior to the business I have now. And those first two businesses were based upon money. It was all about yep. money. And it wasn't a, in the old cliche of passion. It's truly a passion. I mean, I love what we do. We help people purchase homes, affordable housing space that have otherwise couldn't. And um, being able to feel good, though, like I could see even when you say it, you're like, doesn't that feel good? Not just the money part, but like you're actually doing a good service. And I know we joked about this on our pre-call. I'm in a business that I love helping people and there's a byproduct of it making money. I rather I rather see people (laughs) happy. And then if we break even, God bless us. Okay, we still pay the bills. I got a roof over my head, food on the table, clothes on my back. Perfect. But guess what? I get to be able to make money, and then the other thing is is giving back because I get to share our journey with others, and then others will be able to share that journey, and it just kind of starts replicating and growing. And it, I hate the old the cliche of you know we can all pass along some some great information, but it's what you do with it. And and I think that's that's where I'm at in life, and in in how we approach it is. We want to we find that family that really wants to to buy a home and, and has been left behind, but at the same time, will always side or err on their, on their end because I want them to make sure that if they get in that house, they're not house broke. They, they have something right. that's very prideful, uh, and they can pass along to future generations, and that's huge for us. I mean, I don't Absolutely. know if I told you my story, but I'll, I'll stop talking here shortly, but our very first house we sold almost uh, 10 years ago. It's to a single mom with two kids. She's lived in, was living in a uh, apartment, a one bedroom apartment, studio apartment for close to about a thousand bucks. And she finally bought this house. I mean, on not national TV, regional television, I broke down and cried. I mean, it was just, that was very moving because it took a lot for us to get this house to where it needed to be. But then also for what she got out of it, and she cut her housing expenses in half. It was huge for us. So, anyhow, I I digress. So we keep keep going. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. There's two
1: lessons here that you brought up. This is really important stuff. Uh, First lesson is everything is monetizable. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to, if anyone's out there thinking of starting a business or they're in business, never start with the money piece because everything's monetizable. So if that's the case, if you can make money doing anything, and this is, they don't teach you this stuff in school. They don't want you to know this, but everything's monetizable. So you might as well start with something you're good at, you're passionate about or you've got skills in or all three or any combination of the two. It doesn't matter. Uh, But the other thing is this is really important. Affordable housing, helping people buy homes and and find that home for themselves. That's not actually what you do. It's not what you do, right? That's how you do what you do, but it's not actually what you do. What you do is you give people another, uh, maybe give people another chance to, uh, a step up in life or another chance to create that life that they, you know, have always dreamed of, whatever that case is. And then how you do it is through affordable housing. Correct. Uh, So this is important on messaging. So anyone out there that's looking to try and like, how do I differentiate myself? How do I really get out there? You get, this is the, your uniqueness. This has got to come to the front of your message. You can't be about houses. Houses are just the, how it's just the process, but you bring your mission, your purpose, your vision, like you're talking. Mm-hmm. bring that to the front of your message and it's game over. You've got no competition because no yep. one will have that same combination as you. No one will have that same heart, that same position, that
0: same story, that same value, the same stand. This is where business gets fun. And, and we're all unique and and that's a whole nother process. And it's, Oh my, right. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, it it's, it's a process that we all have to go through to find it. And I love how you say we have to start telling the truth. And I think that really leads into other aspects of life and being and, and I'm, I'm going to go to the personal side a little bit here is being healthy in our relationships, whether it be with a husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, friends, whatever. Mm-hmm. Once you're truthful with yourself, you can be truthful with others and then everything else comes out. And then I think for me, it just becomes a huge, beautiful box that gets open. It's a treasure chest. And we get to expand life and start living that life that we really want to, or have wanted to, Absolutely. I should say. Yeah.
1: And we got to love ourselves first before we can love anyone else. There, there's, it always, always starts here. Yeah. Always. And by the way, this is where fear comes from. People that are afraid of change, people are afraid, of like, well, what, what, we always think, what's the worst that can happen, right? We get into this weird cycle, but it always starts with some insecurity. Something here is missing. Because let me tell you something when you're on a mission, When you wake up every morning and you're so clear on exactly why you woke up and what your mission is, and you you can see the finish line, like you you can see that vision, nothing can stop you. There's no more, there's not, I want to say there's no more fear, but your courage outweighs the fear. Now it's like, you know what? I don't even care what obstacles come my way. It's not going to stop me. Hell, even death is, you know, people say you have to kill me to stop me. I don't even think death is going to stop me. (laughs) Screw that.
0: Good luck. (laughs) So how do we get there? How do we start working on overcoming the fear? I know it's the truth part, but how do you start working that? Because a lot of, a lot of us struggle with it. We're afraid, we're afraid of things, <laughs> and we don't try. We become complacent.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the first step is getting that clarity. Uh, the next is realizing that we're afraid of success. People think we're afraid of failure. We're actually more afraid of success than we are failure. I know people think that that sounds weird. But think about it. We fail constantly, don't we? Are we always failing? There's always, every day, right? That's the human condition and that's okay. So how can we be afraid of something we're already doing? Think about that for a second. We're doing that already. So if you look at a scale, let's look at the scale of ultimate abject failure on one side and on the other side of the scale, we'll call it um, self-actualization. Like you're, you're the absolute best version of yourself. Where are most people in their lives right now? Most people are really close to this abject. They're one mortgage payment away, right, from out of their house. They're one pink slip from their job away from being completely financially ruined. Like, we are just flirting with failure constantly. That's not what we're afraid of. We're already there. We're afraid that if we start pedaling that bike, right, let's call, let's call success like this bike. We, we get a few pedals going and all of a sudden we're like, wait a minute, this is working. Something's happening. We get scared that we're going to start going too fast. We're going to lose control. We don't know if we can handle it. We That self-doubt starts creeping in and we're like, nope. What if I crash? What if this happens? What if I get a flat tire? Oh my goodness. And we talk ourselves out of it. We talk ourselves out of success. And it's absolutely nuts.
0: I, I got to ask. I mean, so here, here we are. We're on the bike. We're pedaling. You know, we're going through that. I, I love the analogy. So how do you continue to pedal and, and not let the self-doubt come in? You got to see the finish line. The reason we let self, self-doubt creep in, the
1: reason why we give up so soon, and a lot of times we give up, I call it the 99-yard line of life. Like we, we're going down the, the field and we're getting tackled uh-huh. and beat up and bloodied and muddied and all that kind of stuff. And then we stop right on the 99-yard line. Because we can't see the goal line. We can't see the finish line clearly. Uh, that's honestly why we gave up. Like, so I do, I do Spartan races. Have you ever heard of those? Like oh, yeah. the obstacle course race? Oh, right? yeah. So I do those. And I just finished doing a training run for that, actually. Uh, so I go do those. And the first thing I do, here's my secret. The first, as soon as I show up at a race, the first thing I do is I go to the finish line. Oh wow. Like I go right to the finish line, I, and I look at it, and I sometimes I touch it, and I'm like, okay, it's it's actually real. It's a finish line, <laughs> and I and I look at this thing, and I'm like, all right, Josh, when you start the race, keep this image in your mind because as long as you don't give up, as long as you keep going, there's a finish, there's a reward, and it's going to be worth it. That's what keeps me going. People, the reason we give up is because we can't see the finish line. We think it's an endless loop of getting shit on, getting crapped on. Sorry, I don't know if this is PG thirteen nope. or no. Nope. You, <laughs> you're, right. you're all good. No. So that's why we don't know why we're doing this. We don't see the finish. Line. Of course, you're going to get frustrated. Of course, you're going to start doubting yourself. Of course, you're going to start giving up too soon. So we really got to get clarity on not just why we exist, but what we truly want. Right? What does that finish line look like? Um, And then from that point, see, if you know where you are and you know where you want to be, the middle is the easiest part because someone else has already done it. Now we just have to build skills. Now we just have to go read, study, go to school, uh, find a mentor, read some books, whatever we got to do. But we can find the how. The how is the easiest part. The hardest part is knowing where we are, being honest with where we are and seeing that finish line clearly And, and having that finish line be something we truly want. It can't just be some fake like I want to be rich, <laughs> um, right? You know, people talk like I I do goal crushing for for folks like the psychology of of, of accomplishing things worthwhile. Uh huh. You I'm, I'm always like, uh, they're like, oh, what do you, I said, what's your goal? I said, oh, I just want to be rich. That's rich. That makes no sense. Is it uh, ten dollars in some societies is pretty wealthy? Uh, ten hundred, you know, ten billion in some other societies is wealthy. So. We've got to get clear, like really specific on what we want. And then we got to put it through a test. And here's the test. So once you, once you write down what you want, let's say everyone out there writes down their goal. All right, this is what I truly want. The test is, why must you have it? Not why do you want it? That's the wrong question. Everyone asked the wrong question. They were like, why do your why has got to make you cry? Why do you want it? No, <laughs> why must you have it? In other words, six months from now, say your goal is six months, you want to lose thirty pounds, right? That's yep. a very common New Year's, uh, whatever New, Year's, New resolution. Year's resolution. Yep. Yeah. So let's say you want to do that, right? So okay, let me ask you a question. In six months, if you don't lose those thirty pounds, will life go on? Will you will life be? Will you just figure it out and you know life will continue? If the answer is yes, stop right now. You're not going to accomplish it. Go back to the start and find a, a more important goal. I want to hear when I ask you why must you have it. I want to know that you're going to be homeless, your kids are going to starve, someone's going to die or get seriously injured. I, it's got to be that level of importance to you. Otherwise, go back to question number one and re-answer why. You know, what exactly do you want? And make sure it's something you're willing to die for. Make sure it's something that you're, you've got to do. See, we always we don't always do what we should do. We don't always do what we want to do. But we always do what we have to do. So if you can turn your wants into have tos, that's the key. That's how you do it. That's a lot. I mean, we're this is just random stuff and scratch. No, 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 no. no.
0: We're we're all good. (laughs) We we go down rabbit holes on this show, so we're good. This is all healthy stuff. I mean, that's very true. We we do what we have to do, and a lot of a lot of people, we just do what we have to do to survive, in it and it's just a normal thing, and in the affordable housing space that we're in, I learned in a very short period of time that unfortunately eight out of 10 people that come to us are unbankable and they have that mentality of, I can play in these secondary credit markets and be fine in its life. And that's how it should be. And, reprogramming that and being able to talk to them about that is a very daunting task. And I'm by no means, I'm not a counselor at all because we all have some type of negative, uh, relationship with money in our past or current or whatever the case is. (laughs) And I'm not that type of guy. I will help you strap it all on and understand where you need to go. And I will, I will figure it, help you figure it out, but you got to do the work. But I've learned in a very short period of time in all these years that. If you can talk to the individual, like you said, and and find the why of what they're trying to do and then get them to where they need to be while they're doing that work on the how, yeah. they'll be mm-hmm. very successful, but the challenge is they're comfortable. And to this day, I still don't understand the comfortable piece because I've never been comfortable. I've had multiple failed businesses. I worked in corporate America. Corporate America never taught me how to fish. Yeah. I had yeah. to learn how to fish as an entrepreneur. Uh, and there's struggles there and I struggle. There's a struggle every single day. Here's a struggle. I've got two podcasts. I've got to balance those out with my businesses. Uh, and I have to learn how to, I've had to do post-production. I mean, there's all types of stuff that you have to learn. And I, and I screwed up a lot of stuff along the way, but I still Mm -hmm. keep going. Um, but I I think it's deeper because now you've brought this all up is, is the why it's not just houses and and, and it's changing people's lives. I got that. But the other piece of the podcast are I want to be able to touch at least one person with a podcast if I can help them to understand that they can make that change and, and their why is, is there. They just have to yeah. go find it. And that, y- what you just said just all what, started resonating. It's all coming out. So it's thank what you. What if we had to succeed? That's kind of the question we're asking here. What if we had to succeed? Not just had to survive,
1: yes. but what if we had to succeed? And, there, and, and that's the key. We have to get to a place where we have to succeed because the comfort zone's a lie. I've been there. I've, I was 20 years in corporate America as a shy, negative, skeptical, introverted engineer. So that comfort zone is only temporary. The comfort zone always breaks. And it always breaks when you don't want it to break,
0: right? That's, I mean, that's the, kind of by definition when you're How, comfortable. Can <laughs> we, sorry, can we go into that? Because yeah. that's a really good topic. The comfort zone breaks. Let's let's dig into that because that's that's a big piece that I deal with on a daily basis in 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 our space and so forth and in, in helping people. Yeah. You want the comfort zone to be there because it's what you know and and how you how you do things. But yes, you're right. It breaks. You have a car breakdown or you're you're short on on your rent or whatever the case is, and now you got to go do that craziness. So how do we get away from that piece? How do we get away from one the comfort zone and two it not breaking on us?
1: Well, realizing that either way life is going to be hard you can stay in the comfort zone and it's going to be hard but it's going to be out of your control or you can get out of that comfort zone uh, at least a little bit and it's going to be hard too right that i'm Mm -hmm. not promising it's going to be easy either way but at least you're in the driver's seat that's the key it's 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 all about being in the driver's seat versus being in the trunk of the car (laughs) see it's funny People like people are like I feel like I'm in the back seat of the car. Like, no, you're not in the back seat. You're in the damn trunk because you can't see anything. You are blind as a bat, and someone's driving your car, and they're and you're scared shitless because they could crash. You don't know where they're going. Yeah, you're in the damn trunk, and it stinks, and it's cold, and dirty, and all that stuff. That's where people are. So, <clears throat> is getting in the driver's seat scary? Yes, because you got to learn how to drive. You've got to be okay with taking full responsibility for where this 3000 pound death machine goes. Right. I mean, yes. So either way, it's scary either way. It's hard, but basically you've got to choose which, which hard you want to do the out of the control hard. See, when I left corporate America, the one thing I told myself was if I win in life or if I lose in life, I just want it to be my fault. Oh, all that I want. I like that. I like that. If I, if I got out there and I failed and I ended up under the bridge here in a cardboard box and I was homeless, I'd, I'd sleep like a baby. I'd be perfectly fine because it was up to me. But I couldn't handle my boss you know, doing something stupid or firing me or the economy or the company
0: or whatever, right? Something out of my control?
1: No. That wasn't yeah. going to be my future.
0: And that's one of the things we talk about uh, you know, in our coaching with these individuals that are buying houses is your economy is yours and it's yours alone what happens outside of that, you can't control. So you have no. to be able to control what's in your economy and understand that you're the driver. You can't be a passenger in it. You can't be in the trunk, however you describe no, definitely it. Definitely not in the trunk. <laughs> and, and you'd be amazed how many individuals think that they're a passenger. And, and, mm-hmm. and they might be in the trunk too. I, I need to start using your analogy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal a little bit of that. So Go thank for it. you. Yeah. But, um, but it's amazing how many of them are not a driver. They just said, this yeah. is how I know life. This is what I've been raised. And this is, this is where things go. And I'm just like, but when do you say you're ready for that change and find that why and become that homeowner you, or whatever? Yeah, by the way, to here's, accomplish. here's something for your folks out there, especially whether it be homes or anything.
1: Yeah. You'll yeah. never, you'll never be ready to sit in the driver's seat. Ne- mm. If you wait till you're ready, it'll never happen. You'll never be ready. Like, let me ask you, like, seriously, think about this. When you learned how to drive, did you read, did you just read the manual and then like hop in and you were driving like no problem? Or did you have to kind of get behind the wheel, feel some of the controls, get a, get a feel for the brakes and the acceleration. And maybe there was someone with you at the, you know, the first few times, right? Didn't you have to kind of just freaking do it? There was no reading in a book and becoming proficient at driving. So we'll never be ready for success, we'll never be ready to take the wheel. We just have to take the wheel and learn as we go. There's the, there's no other way to do it. And by the way, that's nature. That's not my rule. That's like the universal rule, <laughs> right? <laughs> nature does not reward you for studying. There's no reward in nature for studying. There's only a reward for work. If you don't plant the seed, you can't study how seeds work, and then nature says, oh, by the way, here's an apple tree, have an apple. It doesn't freaking work that way. Sorry, oh, yeah. I didn't make the rules, I just, spend a lot of time trying to understand them so that I can apply them in my life. And I think that's what we need to do. We just need to understand that. It's going to take work. And yeah, you, you might crash. You might get a flat tire. So freaking what? So freaking
0: what? It's either that change, or the trunk.
1: Change the tire and keep on going. Yeah, but let me tell you something. If you're in the trunk, whoever is driving that car, they're going to crash too. They're going to get the flat tire also. Yep. Right? It doesn't matter. You're getting the flat tires. The only question is what are you getting in return? What are you getting in return for all this pain, sweat, blood, tears, all the stuff you're putting into life? What are you getting out of it other than waiting to die other than just doing it again until you hit the, until you hit the end, right? What's the point? If it's just to survive, it's just to get to the end to to your deathbed. What's the point? Why, why even, and I don't, I don't want to take this the wrong way, but why wait? I mean, it doesn't make sense. Like just, no, why I hang around if they're not going to do something.
0: You're, 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 you're saying all the right things. You're preaching to the choir. I agree all those things. And, and I agree with all those things. I just don't understand why we continue to stay in, in a funk when we know that it's causing problems. You want the answer? <laughs> yes. You want the real answer? <laughs> I want the real answer. I, I want to hear the real answer. Cause I've got a few of my own, but I want to hear yours.
1: It's very simple
0: because we can
1: it's very because we can we built a society and i'm talking the us here we built a society especially in the us where we don't have to be good we don't have to work hard we don't have to really do anything and we can actually survive and have a an okay not a great life but we can have an okay life so in other words
0: we're victims of our own success as a society that's why so does, and this is going to go down a rabbit hole. So is this basically what we're taught from early on in age? Is that it's okay to be okay? And, I, and I'm, and I'm, I'm saying school uh, because if you think about school, everything is regimented. You go to break at a certain time, you go to lunch at a certain time, you go home at a certain time. You have to do. What does that sound like? Doesn't that sound for a lot like uh, corporate? Yeah. Oh, by <laughs> far. Point. Uh, I mean, just I, 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 joke, I joke about it, but my last position where I was running call centers, I had to ask permission as a director to go to the bathroom because I was quadruple, triple, double booked every hour for meetings. And I literally have to yeah. say, excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom. You're gonna have to wait. And it taught me nothing yeah. other than to to hold it as long as I could. I mean, that that got to a point where what, how effective am I? I'm not doing very much other than talking to people on the phone and not working with yeah. my people and, and, and being able to be effective as a people leader. And that's my biggest thing is I'm a people leader. I want to be out with my people and being able to lead them and, and show them that it can be done. But I spent all day in, behind an office, in, behind an office door. It was. Do you not remember mean,
1: that, that that fifty song, uh, "Flying Purple People Eater." Do you remember that song? <laughs> oh
0: yeah. One arm, one one yeah. one arm, one horn. Flying purple people eater. Yeah, anyways, so um, I mean, we we go so, back to school and in all those things, um, and, yeah. and it can be all the above, but the biggest thing I talk about, um, and I and I keep on saying, "Oh, I got to stop doing that." Sorry. They they don't teach us how to be successful in life. It's just the basics and we don't even get the basics like to balance a checkbook. You'd be amazed how many people that we interact with never had a checkbook, which, okay, great. But how do you know how much comes into your bank account on a monthly basis and goes out if you don't have a budget or know what's going on? Look, look, that's not the purpose
1: of school. That was never from the beginning. We don't, you don't want to go down this rabbit hole. It's too much, too, too much to take too much time. Uh, But look, (laughs) school's, From the beginning, was not designed to equip you for life. The number one goal of school is obedience. Think about it. Everything is about getting you to obey, right? And this way, you yeah. go into corporate, you follow a job, you do what you you do the good for society, right? That's it. Was never, never about uh, helping you find your own power, helping you uh, create something, teaching you what you need to succeed. Because a successful populace is not in the best interest of a Controllable society. You can't control people that are free thinkers, that are critical thinkers, that are creating and doing wonderful things. You can't control that. So schooling, and I'm not saying this as a judgment. It's just if you look back from the industrial revolution forward, you can you can see how schooling was created, and it was created to create workers and to create obedience in society. That was its purpose, and guess what? It's done a good job. Like it fulfilled its purpose. Uh, even Mark Twain recognizes. He says he never lets school interfere with his education
0: oh, so we I like need to that.
1: separate school and education school and education are not the same thing some education happens in school yes but that's not the purpose of school it's not to educate it's to create obedience and that's where we are and so our system has worked as planned
0: <laughs> oh boy it, it's it's there's just so many layers of the onion to peel back on this so i have to i i have to ask i mean from the change standpoint entrepreneurship i mean i for me it's all intertwined yeah how do, how do we as individuals be able to better ourselves in life i know it starts with the why and we work on the how and we we get to the finish line but some people see that as oversimplified and need a little more guidance and help what are there some exercises that we can do or things that we can do for ourselves that can Continually to focus on these things so we stay f- positive and move forward and not continue to be comfortable yes, 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 yes,
1: and I, and I know these things sound simple uh, and they are simple, but they're not easy. It's not easy to look inside or have someone like this is this is why I do what I do is because it's hard to look at yourself. It's hard to see the masterpiece when you're in the frame mm-hmm. right? you, ca- you can't or, or or one of my favorite ones someone told me the other day was you can't read the label when you're inside the jar." You know, whatever whatever analogy you like, I like we'll that use one. that one, right? Yeah, I, I like that one is. too. I thought that was pretty good. So yeah, so we need someone to help us see this. So is it an easy process? No. Is it simple? It actually is fairly simple. Uh, so don't I don't want anyone to think it's easy. It, this does take a lot of work to really dig deep and find that uniqueness and bring that to the surface. Uh, but a couple things come to mind. One, when it comes to determining like what do you really want out of life and getting some more of that clarity and exercise you could do on your own and it's going to sound a little morbid but i promise it works it's write your ideal eulogy Hmm. sit down and i've i've got in fact if you remind me i'll send you i have a little uh, pdf on how to do it properly okay. i'm happy to send that to you if you want to share it out with yeah. your audience it's fine that'd be great uh your ideal eulogy, like specifically, like what was left behind? What was your legacy? Who showed up and what did they say? And who's reading your eulogy? And a couple people that like maybe you haven't met yet, but you, you know, where were they before they met you? Where were they after they met you? Start seeing some of the transformation that you had in your life. And then you spend the rest of your life living up to that eulogy. That becomes your North Star. That becomes your litmus test. Oh, should I start this business? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Is it in alignment with my eulogy? Is it going to get me to that eul- no. Oh, bye bye. Like it doesn't even matter. It could be lucrative, like millions of dollars of, of, of profit. It doesn't matter. It's not in alignment. So that's one thing. Another thing I would say is you've got to get around people that make you uncomfortable. You've got to associations are everything. So if you're in the comfort zone and if you're like, well, I seen that impetus. What else can I do? Get around people that are doing bigger things than you. And let me tell you something, rich you know, people like rich people are mean, there's all these you know, reasons why we think we hate money, but uh, truly wealthy people love to share. They love to mentor. They're happy to answer questions. They're happy to be inspirational. You just got to reach out to them. You've got to get yourself into circles where it makes you uncomfortable. People are doing better than you. Yeah, we do the opposite, don't we? we? We try and find people that are doing a little worse or a little bit uglier, a little bit fatter, slower, and it makes us feel good. But that's just ego we've gotta go into, uh, we gotta be the small fish in a big pond. And that'll make us naturally uncomfortable, but also we'll see examples of greatness. When most people growing up, they don't see examples of greatness except through tabloids or the news or, you know, but that's filtered. I'm talking about a real personal relationship, having a family member, having a friend who really is doing great things. And just, cause it's contagious. Success yes. is contagious. I always sure. say- Success can't be taught. It can only be caught. Mm-hmm.
0: I'll say like it one that more time. Too. This is
1: really important. Success can't be taught. There's no one that's going to teach you. Here's how to be successful. It's got to be caught. Like you catch a flu or a cold, or I know I shouldn't be saying this in, in time of COVID, but you know, <laughs> it's you, you got to like get close and, and rub against these folks and like catch their success disease. It's, it's so got to go out there you, and find these folks.
0: You just probably made the headline for this podcast uh, episode. <laughs>
1: success disease or which one?
0: <laughs> success can't be uh, taught. Oh, it has to be, caught, has to be caught and and I'll yeah. put a spin on it. I think that is, that is going to be the headline of this episode because that is, Perfect. it's, it's very powerful, but very straightforward. And yeah. you, you were right. I mean, uh, you have to surround yourself with people that are not in your comfort zone. And I, I totally agree with that. And, I know I've struggled with it uh, as an entrepreneur, especially because when I first started out, I surrounded myself with people I knew. Uh, none yeah. of them been, been down the, the path that I was trying to go down. And the only way I was able to interact with people that were outside of my comfort zone is doing things like this. I was putting stuff out on social media. I was going to local business meetups and so forth and putting myself out there. And I finally met some people yes. that were out of my comfort zone. Um, uh, Those individuals at first were, were not, I didn't think they were going to be mentors. I've got two now of them that, that turned out to be great mentors and connected me with other people. And now it's, it's starting to roll the other way to, I'm starting to mentor other people and give them some leg up, but I have plenty to learn on a, on a daily basis that I I love being surrounded with people that have more knowledge and more experience. It's, it's uplifting because you get to look forward to it. Cause you get to get some knowledge and obtain knowledge and be able to put it in place. But we seem to be, and this is going to go down another rabbit hole and we'll have to circle back around. We have this instant gratification in social oh, yeah. media today that everything is, is perfect and in joy, joy and you can't be happy for somebody else's success. I mean, it really boils down to is if they're doing what they love, they found their why they're, they're working on their how and they're getting to the finish line why not support them? How does that hurt you by doing that? That means that it you're insecure in yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It
1: hurts our ego. It hurts our feelings. And that's, that's why we, we tear people down. But just, by the way, which is another good point, you need to find some naysayers. If you, have, if you don't have any naysayers in your life, people that are trying to tear you down because you're trying to do something big, that's not a good sign. You want, it's okay to have naysayers. You want I call them yaysayers, your cheerleaders, and then yep. the naysayers. You want to have yaysayers, people to pick you up when you fall down, and you want to have naysayers because naysayers, for me, anyways, that's my tackling fuel, I call it. If you ever watch the water boy. It's like my tackling fuel. Yeah. Someone says water sucks. I'm like, I get all crazy. So when someone says, Josh, you can't do it, that's all you have to say. Tell me I can't do something. Get the frick out of my way and watch, right? That's it. It's that simple. So it's good to have naysayers, it's good to have people that, are, that, are, that you'll never allow them to say, I told you so. You, you want people like that in life, but because you're doing something big, right? You need to step, when you step out and you get people like, you can't do that. Like your friends and family, oh, what are you doing? That's crazy. You're leaving a job. You're going to be an entrepreneur. What are you going to be, broke artist? You no, know, blah, blah, blah. You say, yes, thank you. Appreciate that. And then spend, then do everything you can so that they never get to say, I told you so.
0: And that is the epitome, and I don't want to say epitome, it, that's the majority of the individuals that come to us is they're surrounded by naysayers and they they don't have supporters. And that's why they're still in that comfort zone. Okay. And I and I explain that to them is, you know, we we try to figure out the, the, di- the dynamics of the, maybe their family, friends, whatever, and understand where they're at. And majority of them are individuals that don't think they deserve to one buy a home They should be renting the rest of their life. I mean, I I spoke to a gentleman a few weeks ago, maybe a little bit longer, that uh, four generations, three generations of his family lived in the same house. Renting. And this is over time. This house was built in the 50s or 60s. And they said, oh, you know, my kids are wanting to buy a home now. And he's on the phone and we're all having a conversation. And he's just like, why do you need to buy a home? Just rent you you don't have to do in the upkeep it's not yours it's and i said my first question is that's fine if you if you're okay with it but why why are you so against buying a home he yeah. says because no one in my family has ever owned a home so why should we start now that was that's yeah. pretty powerful to me that's when that's when
1: you're defeated before you even start you lose Correct. the battle and you
0: haven't even stepped on the field yeah, yeah. And, and those individuals, I, 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 can't fight that battle for them. I mean, I, my, uh, saying is I'll be here when you're ready because they have to have some type of mindset of, of change and they, and they have to, like you said, have their why, and I'm going to steal that is, you know, cause I don't ask people their why I ask them their purpose. You know, why do you want to be a homeowner? You know, what's the purpose? What are you trying to do? Um, yeah. and most of them are, are trying to really change their lives for the better, They're tired of living in a dilapidated rental or overpaying for something in a rental. And they want something that they can call their own. And I understand that. And And it's a source
1: of wealth, right? It's a source of wealth. It's a
0: source of pride, identity. There's a lot of reasons to, to own a home, yeah. And it's prideful. I mean, I share with them some of the videos that we shoot after these individuals or these families buy homes. And I said, look at how happy they are when they're actually after they're buying their home, because now they've created something that's very personal to them, but also very important to their family in how they're okay. actually going to live going forward. And they accomplished what they set out to go for. And I, and I explained to them, they too had some credit challenges or financial challenges, but they stuck it out. They, they saw what they needed to do or they knew what they needed to do. They took those steps and got to the finish line. You can do the same you just have to be ready for that, that change and, and being able to step into that new world of being uncomfortable. Yeah, and a, and a good question in
1: those instances is just the what if question. Oh, I, so you don't think you can or it's worth it, but what if you could? How would that feel? Right? I always like asking questions about like, what if you could, what if you had to? Right? Especially when someone says, I can't do this. I can't do this, Josh. I can't, I can't. Okay, I get it. You can't do it. But what if you had to someone, you know, gun to your head, you either do it or you're dead. Like that's, there's no other option. You do it or you're dead. If you had to, how would you? I'm just curious. And and all of a sudden they, they sit there for a second. Well, I guess if I had to, I would probably start with this and then I would do this and go here and here and here. And they just outline their entire plan. And I was like, there you
0: go. You just told me exactly how to, you know how to do it now. <laughs> it's crazy when you're, when you're put in a pickle and, and you have to do it and but, and we'll have to wrap this up, but at the same time, they do, they use the same analogy for living that comfortable life. Yeah. Comfortable breaks, as you said earlier, and they have to find a way and now the gun's to their head and they're going to have to find a way to make comfortable work again. And I always say, if you can make comfortable work, why can't you make uncomfortable work? That's right. Excellent point. Because you're having to do the same things to thrive in your comfortable life because it's broken. Why not go to the uncomfortable portion of your life so you can actually grow and expand what you're trying to do in life? Not just stay in the same place. Uh, And a prior guest used it called camping or being called a camper. Stop camping out in life. Yeah, and yeah. I, it, it really hit home. And, and that's, that's big. Is if you continue to camp out, like you said. Or, tip, you're- or tiptoeing through life, right? Tiptoeing yes. through life, hoping to make it all the way to death, right? So it's,
1: it's about choosing your hard. Choose your hard. You got hard over here, staying the same. That's really hard. And it usually get nothing in return. Or you could step out and choose a different hard. and But you might actually get something in return over here. The only difference is
0: ROI. <laughs> but they're both yes. going to be hard. <laughs> that's it. Yes. So I mean, that, that that's, that's huge. I mean, Josh, it's been, it's, this has been an awesome conversation. We definitely need to have you come back on and, and we can have some more in-depth conversations. I pick a
1: topic next time. So we can get deep. We, we just scratched the surface on a few things. Oh yeah, we for sure. We didn't even get started yet.
0: <laughs> I, I will, I will poll the listeners and see if there's any specific topics and we can definitely reshare that and get that out there. How can everyone get a hold of you if they want to talk to you? Easiest way is my
1: website, which is joshzeppis.com, just my name.com, or on social media. I'm the only person out there with Josh Zeppis as a name, so that's the benefit, <laughs> by the way, of having. We're, we're going to do a callback here. That's the benefit of having a uh, very unique and hard to pronounce name is that no one else has it. So I'm the only one out there with that, or the identity archaeologists and You can find me on Facebook uh, not a little bit on Instagram, but mainly
0: Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay. And I I mess around with some other ones, but those are the two main ones. I will put all your links in the show notes so people can see that and we'll share that out across social media so they will be able to find you. I I thank you for coming on wholeheartedly. It's been a great conversation. I've enjoyed it uh, and we'll have you back on. Sounds good, Ryan. All right. Thank you, sir. Yep. Thank you. Bye-bye.